Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. As usual, I am Betty and I'm joined with G. Hi. And Ola. Hey, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hello. (laughs) And today we have a very special guest with us. We have the wonderful Greer Rivers. How are you today, Greer? Um, I'm I'm doing good. Wonderful is a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see how this goes. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, I would say, in my personal opinion, your books are wonderful. So I think that translates back to yourself. I'll take it. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading... A- Prior to all episodes, we do a little bit of research about our authors, like get to know them. And I was reading through your author profile and it says at the very top that you are a former crime fighter in a suit. And I was wondering if you might be able to tell us a little bit about that and then maybe how you went from a former crime fighter into a suit to now um, writing your books. Yeah, so um, what I mean by a former crime fighter in a suit is I used to be a criminal prosecutor. Um, and I prosecuted um, sex crimes, domestic violence, and driving under the influence crimes. And um, so I did that for a while, and it was just like a really stressful job. I firmly believe in empaths, and I think I'm an empath, and so (laughs) taking all those emotions on all the time was just a lot for an empath like me. So um, I um, have always written and I wrote, I started writing as a form of therapy in 2015. Um, And I finished my first book in 2017. And that book will never see the light of day because it is (laughs) terrible. It's just like this cathartic piece of shit (laughs) it's just not good at all and I will literally never let anyone read it (laughs) um but so I had always wanted to write and the dream like the the pipe dream growing up kind of was to be a lawyer and then after that write like crime novels you know after I retired respectfully (laughs) and then um January 1st, 2020, I promised myself as like a resolution, you know what, I'm just going to publish something this year because this job ain't working out. Um, And so I'm going to publish something this year and I don't care what it is, I'm going to figure it out. And so I started writing and I had this one scene in my head Um, And it's a very small scene that really even didn't come to full fruition in Escaping Conviction. But it's, um, I had a scene with a prisoner or an inmate pushing his lawyer up against the wall and, you know, shenanigans ensuing and stuff. (laughs) And so that was like this scene. That was the first scene I had um, for Escaping Conviction. I was like, well, then what do I do after that? So... that's how Escaping Conviction came about. And I met this group of really awesome people. Um, 
who kind of helped guide me through. We were all trying to stumble through the self-publishing process because I knew that was definitely the way to go for me. Um, and I published my first, I published a short story in December of 2020 because um, I put it in an anthology. Like I sent it to an anthology and they're like, no, we don't like it. I was like, oh no, I'm just going to do it myself. Then. <laughs> so I did it myself. And then um, February was when, I, February 2021 was when Escaping Conviction published. And I just kind of, I I quit my job in November of 2020 because I figured that I, it would be hard for me to like truly pursue this passion um, without putting my face on it. And I knew that I could not be a state um, employee and also talk about um, shenanigans. <laughs> so I um, quit my job in November of 2020, and I really haven't looked back. It's been kind of a wild ride, but it's been fun. Can I just say, I came across you through Kindle Unlimited, and it was the first dark series that I've ever read. And I was like, you guys need to read this amazing we're gonna love her and it just like popped up and i was like oh what's escaping conviction this is amazing i want more <laughs> it was so good you've done an amazing job oh thank you i'm so glad i i do have to field this question sometimes it was not based off of anything real at all ever because it is a defense attorney <laughs> and, a, and yeah. a, uh <laughs> basically like a, a not a prisoner or convict or whatever, but like he was getting prosecuted. And I just have to say, you know what? That had nothing to do with anybody ever at all. It just came from straight from my brain. So no one in real life, it's been implicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad y'all like it. It just, I, I really, it was something that came from my heart and I'm just really just very blessed that it's all kind of panned out how it has. Well, considering the fact that, cause I hadn't realized that you'd, literally only quit your job and begin like full-time writing in 2020 you've done really well for yourself because you have uh seven books and one novella is that um so i have yeah yes <laughs> yeah so five <laughs> six books that i wrote myself one i co-wrote with kayla king who is a maze ball shelter reader and um then that short story i do call it a short story just because it's like under ten thousand words and so i do call it a short story it's an enemies to lovers office romance though which also had nothing to do with anybody because it was before <laughs> <laughs> um there's there's like office there's office steamy scenes in that one too so i definitely have to say no one <laughs> that was not inspired by anybody <laughs> does your background like help considering that you do write a lot about, um, I guess, the legal system, like, and making sure that everything's cause it's quite accurate when you read it, like the process, like, of the prosecution and like going through all of that. Like, I mean, is that why you started writing within that field? Because like, you had like so much knowledge about it. Yeah. Um. So I feel like you kind of write what you know, and yeah. um, at the time that was definitely what I knew. Um. And I, it, it that part just kind of comes easily to me. The, and it's actually kind of hard. I, I joke that like, atoning conviction was my first like actual dark romance, but my others are dark romance books. You know, like there's dark themes in them, um, and they're kind of real. Like these are dark and kind of scary because they could actually really 
happen. Um, and that's not for everybody, but I do try very hard to make it so that the things that happen could possibly happen. And the when, when they're discussed or when they are taken care of, I guess, um, legally, that it actually happens the way it would happen. I don't know. That's just always been something that's been kind of important to me. But then I write something like Phantom, and it's completely <laughs> like balls to the wall, not real at all. So um, I'm just kind of all over the place, I guess. <laughs> I'm completely but with that series, fair. I like it to be real. So sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, what is your like favorite book at the moment or a book that you're reading at the moment that you just love for other people to read um the last book that I read that just kind of blew me away was Tor the torment um series I think it's a duet but the first book so this is kind of a weird thing about me when I start reading a series if it is so so good I just don't finish it and I know that's kind of crazy but it's like if I don't finish it then it never ended, you know, like, it, <laughs> I can just imagine what's we going on. We need more in my information head. about this. That is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. What? I know, I know, I know. So, what like, do you mean? I, the, I know, it's just crazy. So, like, the, the Torment series, like, I don't even know if it's a duet or a series, but the first book is by Dylan Page. The first book is so phenomenal that I was like, if I keep reading, it will change my life. And I don't have time for that right now. I have to do that later. <laughs> and so I read it like back in January and it's going to be on hold until I'm off of deadlines. <laughs> oh my God, that's so fucking funny. I've never heard of anyone stopping a book because it's too good. I do I kind know, of get that like, when something's that, so like, amazing. I, I respect it. Yeah, it's so amazing. And then when you finish it, you're like, okay, like my life has changed. And what do I do with that now? Like, this book just came in and ruined me. I don't have time for this. And so I have to wait for it. We get ruined on a weekly basis. It. And then afterwards, we're like, what do we do with ourselves now? Like, we've just finished another series. <laughs> like, what happens? But we're doing it like on a high level where we're like, wait, we just got slapped again. When did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't, I, right now, I'm, like, way behind on this book that I'm writing right now, and so I'd need to do that, because I, I am very emotional when I write, and so, like, if I, like, I, I feel the emotions of my characters when I write them, and so if I'm emotional in real life, then it, like, makes me all haywire when I write, and so I can't be reading books, because my brain doesn't know the difference. And so I haven't really full on read a book since January. And that was the last one. And it changed my life. I was like, I cannot do this. I can't keep going like this. I have to wait. <laughs> what are you writing? I'm writing um, Leading Conviction, the last book in the Conviction series. Nice. It's Hawk's story. And I'm, I'm super excited. excited about it. Same. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. This is a hard question. And I know because your books are like your children. But do you have a favorite <laughs> book that you've written? Um, so I, I think in the Conviction series, my favorite book is Atoning Conviction. And um, that's because Phoenix has kind of like a turnaround, like from books one through four, you kind of get a certain vibe about Phoenix. And then his book comes out and we're like, bam, just kidding. 
Um, <laughs> so I just like giving people second chances. And I feel like I was able to do that for him. And, um, but since then, I, I would definitely say that Phantom is the, my favorite book that I've written. Um, and it's just because the main character, not just because, I mean, like, I love Phantom of the Opera, obviously. And I was just wholly upset when she didn't choose the Phantom at the end of that. So I had to change that. <laughs> but um, uh, Scarlet has bipolar disorder. And I have bipolar disorder. And so it was very important to me to write a character with a disorder that I have the way I have it. Um, And so that's what I did with Scarlet. Everything that Scarlet experiences is something that I have personally experienced. Except for, you know, like the sexy, like, mafia guy under the basement. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't experienced that. I know. (laughs) <laughs> like I said, that's like the most fantastical dark romance I've got right now. So. Um, but yeah, everything she experiences related to her disorder is something that I have personally experienced. So that was very special to me. It definitely comes through in the book um, because in the first, I won't spoil it because obviously it's just come out and I want everyone to read it. But particularly the the before the first chapter, like the prelude where she's out in the town and and she's um, experiencing these emotions and, you know, they're very classical of being drunk and intoxicated, but she's not like that mm-hmm. is um, it was it was incredibly um, realistic and like an emotional roller coaster to particularly read as you start the book, because you don't necessarily understand it at the beginning because you haven't quite got that character description yet. But, you know, that there's there's something there that um, I guess you know, is makes the character's, like, background a little bit more, like, intriguing than you originally thought? Um, yeah, so that, that scene is kind of interesting, because, um, that is why I needed therapy <laughs> in 2015. Um, I started taking the bar exam in 2015 for law school, like, being a lawyer, and some emotional, like, family stuff came out, and I, y'all I lost it um I had my first like full like well my second full-blown manic episode and I for a month and a half I I don't really remember it um because my life was the way that Scarlett was living it and um I like lost the ability to read like comprehension after that and so writing was a way to get back into that um, cause I could write sentences, but I couldn't read paragraphs. I don't know if that makes any sense. It was really strange, but my brain had broken. And, um, so yeah, everything Scarlet experiences that came from that particular episode, um, manic episode. And my husband who reads all my books, um, he's my alpha reader <laughs> and, um, we call him my mighty alpha reader cause he's my first alpha reader. Um, <laughs> And uh, he said, damn, I've never needed a trigger warning before, but I needed it for that. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It is really important, though, I think, to include things like this in, like, modern books because there's a lot of stigma surrounding things like bipolar disorder and mania and being able to read it in terms of, like, someone's real experience, I think is a really good practical way to, like, spread awareness without, you know, making it too, like, scientific or, like, too hard to understand. 
Yeah, I had never read a manic episode before. Um, and I'm sure there are some, but I had never been able to read one. And I never had read one about, like, um, bipolar management, which is something that definitely Scarlet goes through. Because we see that one episode of hers in the prologue, but then the rest of it is kind of like her trying to figure out her disorder, basically, and how to live with it and manage it. I've never seen that before. And, um, again, that's probably elsewhere, but it was definitely something important to me to write because it is stigmatized. Like, mental health is stigmatized, and it's very unfortunate because they tell you whenever you're going to therapists and whenever you get diagnosed with bipolar, it's like, oh, well, it's just like diabetes. You just have to medicate. It's like anything else, but it's not like that. You can't just go in front of people and say, oh, you know, I have to take my insulin. And then you say, oh, I have to take, you know, my lamictrogene. Like, that's not really like how <laughs> you can't just do that, you know, but I would love for that to be the case where you can just talk about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, what you're doing is one of the best ways to do it because the more it's involved in like modern media, the more it just becomes a part of the world. And, and one day it will hopefully get to a point where it's just like, Oh, this person has this particular mental illness and I'm here to support them and they can talk about it whenever they want. Also, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very um, enlightening. Oh, well, anytime I'm an open book. So what does the process of writing look like for you? Because I imagine it's probably quite difficult to write an entire book. Listen, it is different every time, too. Like, I think I've got it, and then the next one starts, like, nope, got to change it all. Um, I have done so many different things. I um, Escaping Conviction was where I wrote 2,000 words a day, and then I edited it, and then I wrote 2,000 words a day, and then I edited that. And then Finding Conviction was like, good luck. It's This is a free-for-all. <laughs> We're just trying to figure out, put words on the page. <laughs> and... Um, Part of the problem with finding conviction is I had breaking conviction in my head. And so I kept trying to write breaking conviction. And so breaking conviction was an absolute fucking breeze. Like you just went through it. Like I just, it was easy. It was, it was so easy. And then healing conviction came in and it was like pulling teeth again. <laughs> um, and I actually started handwriting my books then, which is stupid, honestly, like, <laughs> It was just working though. And so like it was able it was a way to like free associate and like free free write. And so I free wrote um half of healing conviction, all of the tiny conviction. Sorry to interrupt, (laughs) but that is a vibe check. Holy shit. Writing a book by hand. That's some Shakespearean crap. Well done. (laughs) Let me see. I yeah, I, I wrote it in these like I mean, y'all can't see it, but I wrote it in these things, like, here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did that with um, healing, half of healing conviction, all of the toning, all of phantom. Um, and now, who knows what I'm doing, honestly. Like, I'm trying to figure it out again because I have a deadline that I'm trying to, like, be quick about. And so I really can only be super quick when I type. Um so we're, we're, we're doing it, <laughs> but just 
sorry go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say those original manuscripts could be worth a lot of money one day you could flog those in an auction <laughs> let's just manifest that shit you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but as far as like the actual like whole process goes it takes me about 86 days to start from start to publish um so i write it i send it to i as i i write the whole thing my husband reads it as i write it then i edit and as i edit i send the chapters to my alpha readers and then I edit what they sent me. And then I send the whole thing to beta readers. And then they tell me all of the good, the bad, and the ugly, too. And then I send it to my editor. Then I edit it again. Then I send ARC readers. And then it publishes and goes out into the whole wide world. <laughs> that's crazy. That's such, a, that's such an amazing process to like here like 86 days yeah that's about seems really yeah quick. it's about 86 days mm -hmm. that is really fast this like whole concept of pushing books out every three months blows my mind with what authors have to go through now so that they stay relevant yeah it's kind of it is hard um i think that like figuring out marketing is really important um but I've just really wanted to kind of, I just have a lot of ideas and I just want to get them out too. So, um, like, I can't wait to write the second book in the Tattered Curtain series, which is the one after um, Phantom. And I can't wait to write just like other stuff, you know? So I, that's one of the reasons why I like to write fast too, is I just like to get it out there. <laughs> well, speaking of Phantom, would you like to tell us about Phantom? Um, and maybe a yeah. little bit of like, the inspiration behind the book obviously phantom of the opera but <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's it that's it you're done <laughs> just kidding um so phantom is inspired by phantom of the opera I, I what's kind of funny is like i had never heard of or read a book where the phantom won um and then as soon as i put it on on um Amazon, I saw all these other ones coming up, and I was like, well, damn, I thought I was, like, really smart, but I wasn't. Other people had thought about it first, <laughs> but I didn't know that, and so um, the inspiration for that was basically, what about the Phantom if the Phantom got the girl? Um, Phantom of the Opera if the Phantom got the girl, and another thing I was really interested in was making it as believable as possible, if that makes sense. Um, and one of the things I always thought it was weird, I was like, Christine, girl, you're like a little cray cray. What are you doing? Um, just walking through mirrors. I don't understand. And so <laughs> that's where I came up with it. I was like, well, I'm a little cray cray. Let's just put that in there. Um, and so that's why I put the bipolar spin on it. Um, and so those were the two like main drivers. And then I also, if you haven't read the original, it's wild. Um, cause that's where I got like most of my inspiration actually. It was like from the original and, um, uh, like this is, let's see if I got it. Okay. Again, people can't see it, but like y'all can see it. I wrote all the, I annotated the original and I wrote all these notes and stuff. And so a lot of the book comes from the original and not just the, the one that everyone knows on TV or whatever, or the musical and Broadway. And, um, 
so that the book inspired it and then bipolar disorder and then i wanted the phantom to win and the hold he had on everybody pretty much i was just like how would i do that in a quote-unquote real setting and that's when i was like okay well obviously this has to be mafia so (laughs) that's where the mafia (laughs) vibes came in Oh, in New Orleans. Okay, sorry. Um, so New Orleans was, uh, so the, <laughs> um, the original is in Paris, and New Orleans is actually the birthplace of opera in the United States, and so that's why I chose New Orleans, and they actually had a opera house that burned down, and so that was the inspiration for the um the new French opera house. Cause it was the French opera house and it burned down. I think in 19, I, it's in my book, but it's in like 1909 or 1910, I think. And, um, I was like, well, what if it hadn't burned down? What if it wasn't a Sheridan hotel right now? What if it was actually just still an opera house? And so that's what I did that for too. Phantom was the first book of yours that I read. And I was so excited cause a couple of years ago, before COVID, I managed to travel like around the States. And when I was in New York, they were doing a deal where it was like $67 for um, going seeing The Phantom on Broadway. So it's like the only Broadway performance I've ever seen. And I was like right at the top, like nosebleed seats, like chandeliers hitting my head. But it was like worth it <laughs> because it's such an amazing so worth it. performance. Those are the best seats, though, because you remember it more. You're like, I had to sit through this dingy shit to watch the best performance of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you wanted it. Like you yeah, sat up that... there and you're like, no, but like this is this was my this was everything for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you go and see a concert and you're like in the very last row at the very back and you're like, yeah, but I still saw them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though, that you went to go see. I haven't seen it, and it's just funny because I get all these DMs, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, did you see it in Broadway? I was like, no. <laughs> I've read the original, and I've seen it on TV, and that's it. And I Well, no, I watched, like, an NBC version, which is completely different than every other version. Um, it's, like, an NBC, like, 1980s or 90s, I think, like, miniseries, and it's so different. Um but I actually kind of drew on that one a little bit too because um, the Phantom in the original book written by Gaston Leroux and the Phantom in that NBC version, they're very much so tricksters. Um, and so I kind of wanted that vibe with Soul too. So I kind of gave him like a little bit of a devil may care, like trickster kind of vibe. Because um, I really like that too. I just kind of like this like, I don't know. I liked that vibe. And so that's what I made him with that too. (laughs) One of my beta readers was, I made a TikTok video about it the other day. And one of my beta readers, she told me that um, soul was like a cat leaving a mouse on your pillow and then being confused as to why you were upset about it. And I was like, (laughs) yes, that's exactly what I wanted. (laughs) So good. (laughs) 
it is a it's a really good book and i do recommend that everybody goes and reads it because you don't actually need to understand the plot of phantom of the opera to enjoy the book because it explains it in its own right but um if you do want to watch phantom of the opera before the book it also adds a little bit of extra because you do get the the new happy ending the one that you wanted originally for all of our Sydney yeah. viewers, Phantom of the Opera is playing in Sydney right now at the Opera House. Plug, plug. Viewers, <laughs> listeners, what a, please watch us through a podcast. The Sorry. Sydney Opera House should be paying I'm us for that. I do apologise, but the Sydney Opera House is currently playing the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> That's great. I wish I could see it. I, I really do want to see it. I just haven't been able to. Um, but... Yeah, that was kind of what I wanted, too, is I wanted people who love Phantom of the Opera to get those little things. And then I wanted people who'd never seen it before to just not even know that they'd never seen it before, you know? So I'm glad that that translated. (laughs) Well, I feel like at this point, um, Phantom should fly you out to New York because you've given a lot of (laughs) a new wind to this book um, and this this (laughs) Broadway performance. I don't mind that. Let's manifest that too. <laughs> so, and the next question would be: If you could meet any character from any of your books, what character would you like to meet? Um. So, one of the things I wanted to talk about with this one are the characters I would not like to meet. Um. <laughs> so, the characters I would not like to meet. I would not like to meet Callie or Phoenix from Atoning Conviction because they would scare the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Soul would also scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm actually like a pretty, I'm a pretty shy person and I'm not really good in social situations. And so if these people came up to me and they had these blank faces, I would immediately think they hated me. So it would not work out. Um, but... I would love, I think I would love to meet Nora because she's like everybody's purple haired best friend. Um, and I think she would make me feel good about myself. And so I'd like to meet her. <laughs> Who would you marry? That's so funny. Who would I marry? Okay. I would marry Wes. Um, he's Snake from Breaking Conviction. He's so sweet. He, he, his story is one where it's like kind of basically a single mom situation just because the man she's with might as well not he shouldn't be there. It'd be better for her if he wasn't there. Um, it's like a DV book or a domestic violence book. Um, that one was also really close to my heart to write because I, I had so many domestic violence survivors that I worked with, um, like hundreds and hundreds of semestic, domestic violence survivors that I worked with. And I desperately wanted to give each and every one of them a happy ending, like a happy ever after. And I couldn't in real life. Um, cause that's just not how domestic violence works. That's not how real life works. And so breaking conviction was like an ode to domestic violence survivors that I had worked with. And they were, it's kind of like the happy ever after I wish I could have given them. Um, and so I think every woman deserves a Wes. He's so great. He calls her a queen. He like <laughs> bathes her when he's the one that's hurt. He bathes her. And so, like, he, and he loves her little daughter, Thea, and he'll, like, watch Merida with her, the or Brave, the movie Brave. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's who I would marry for sure. As far as women who I would marry, um, probably Nora, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, like, I like Jules, and 
but she also would scare me because she's just kind of intimidating. In my yeah, she's a she's a powerhouse in that book. Yeah, she's yeah. a boss ass bitch. Um, so about your book, I mean, you've referenced like throughout the interview that like your books do take quite dark twists and turns, and you do write quite dark romance. Um, and I was just wondering why you chose to write something a little bit darker as opposed to, I guess, what is quite popular at the moment, like something like a rom-com or, or those kind of books. Yeah, um, so it kind of just never occurred to me to write anything else. <laughs> um, I think my brain is just kind of stuck in, in like the dark themes of the world, unfortunately. And so I think that even if I were to write a fantasy romance, or something like that, there would be some kind of darkness in the world. Because I really just love the idea of giving broken and hurt people second chances and happy ever afters. And you just kind of don't really get that a whole lot with, like, the lighter books. Because, you know, they're not busted. <laughs> and they, they, like, they deserve their happy ever afters and everything. But a lot of times they're not, like, dealing with the kind of trauma that other books deal with. Um and I like to talk about that real, like in a real way, in a real sense and give like a lot of respect to those situations. And so um, I think the lightest book I have right now is actually doing like Phantom and Catching Lightning are probably doing the best out of all of my books right now. And Catching Lightning is a lot lighter. But even then, like Kaylee and I put in, you know, like a little plug against uh, revenge porn and essay and stuff like that it's just like i can't help myself (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's good i mean it's actually um really sweet hearing that these stories are your happy endings because i imagine through your previous work probably got you down quite a bit i can't imagine it was very easy on your emotions so it's really sweet that you now have the opportunity through writing to create these happy endings that you'd wish you'd seen yeah, the the way that I get that in the real life is, like, through volunteering with, like, women's shelters and, like, domestic violence shelters and stuff like that. And so I get I do get that feeling in real life because I'm helping people, like, get through these situations. But in the book world, I can, like, see it. I can write it. I can give that happy ever after that I just feel like everybody deserves, especially the people that I've worked with. And so, um, yeah, I just – I. Like I said, I can't help myself. I, I got to break them and then I got to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing at TikTok. And I feel like we have to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Sorry, just a new topic completely. but um, No, I love it. Yeah, like I wanted to talk about like <laughs> um, the process of book advertising because you use a lot of social media and like how does that work for you as like a independent like author and publisher well um so I will say that without social media I would not like be able to do what I do um everything that that I've experienced would have would still be a, a pipe dream if without social media um I was my husband was able to leave his job in um october of 2021 and so we work together uh we're a husband and wife team like he does the accounting and all that stuff and um which is great because i didn't know like 
I know criminal law and like I know a lot of people don't know this because they're like oh you're a lawyer you can do like family law no baby girl I cannot I it's like basically like a history teacher cannot teach calculus that is what like a criminal lawyer is like we can't do anything else so that's all I could do and so my husband's coming up in here bebopping and saying like oh yeah I can do all the business side I'm like thank god thank you Jesus because like I could not um but yeah so without social media I would not be able to, to do that. I like just to like thank everyone who is listening and like who's on social media and stuff. I would not be able to live this dream without them. Um, but it is like a second job. Um, TikTok is something that you kind of have to make sure works with you. And you're not just kind of saying, oh, well, I have to do this today. I have to post today. You're kind of, you have to kind of manifest an idea out in the world saying like this will work for me or um I get to do this TikTok is fun to do Instagram is fun to do like getting back with people is fun to do because if you see it as like the job that it technically is um you don't get that reward and it is just kind of a slog but I was able to do a lot of things this past year that I would not have been able to do without social media no, fair enough. Could you tell us a little bit about what your favorite schmeck scene is in any of your books? Your absolute fave schmeck scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so Phantom actually has two of them. <laughs> so there's one that is the, there's a piano scene and um, he plays her like a piano. <laughs> and I really like that scene um, because, I mean, it's just like, I don't know who wouldn't want to be played like a piano. <laughs> and um, then also in that book, he uses Mardi Gras beads to teach someone a lesson. And then he uses Mardi Gras beads to teach her a lesson. Um, and they're very different lessons. <laughs> so I love that one a lot. It was also the darkest, like, well, no, because atoning conviction is pretty dark, too. Cause there are like guns and knives. So yeah, okay. So both of those were pretty, pretty dark. My other books don't have like darkness like that, but like the atoning conviction and um, Phantom definitely have those dark vibes. And so yeah, the I I have them and like I have this page. It's called like my it's like book marketing. So I have P or Phantom marketing, and then I have AC marketing or atoning conviction marketing. And I have all of those books, like they have their own pages for marketing purposes. So I can see like the quotes that will do well and I can use those for TikTok or Instagram. And I always name the scenes as um, what they are, you know. And so like, let me just pull it up real quick. Sorry. Um, I know it, but I just want to make sure I have the right words. Like, because I have it written down like, this is how to market this. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So the Schmeck scenes in Phantom, it's like voyeurism, aka hands on, and uh, breaking the bed, piano playing, wax and beads, beg for it, and box five. Those are the names of my sex scenes in my marketing. Nice. And so, it, like, as you named them, I could just remember each and every yeah. one from the book. <laughs> I love that. That's the purpose. That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. B- 
beg for it is is my favorite from that book oh yeah i like that one too i don't know why i forgot about that one but yeah i like that one a lot (laughs) um so what would you say is your favorite and least favorite parts about being an author Hmm. um my favorite parts are probably being able to watch movies in my head all day um because that's what it is when I write every scene I write is like a movie in my head um and so I love that because I can just like you know what the world sucks let's just go to Ashland County and the conviction series and fix it right up and so that's what I love about it um my least favorite part to be let's see I know you gave me the questions beforehand and I just like thought, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to do so good at this. And then I just did it. Okay. So (laughs) my least favorite part would probably be all the like little tiny legal stuff behind it. Like, you know, getting the copyright and making sure people aren't stealing my book because that's rude. And then, (laughs) um, like making your own LLC and business and, those are like very not sexy parts. <laughs> you need them, and I hate them. And I'm so glad that I have a husband that knows what he's doing with that stuff because Lord knows I do not. Yeah, I think people don't know how much admin goes into publishing a book outside of just the writing of the book. Yeah, people don't. People are like, oh, you just just. Like, people, I think that in real life think that I just, like, sit at home and go, tippy, tippy, tap, tap, and, like, I'm done. And, like, that's not – or, like, they'll see me, like, doing shenanigans on TikTok and think that's, that's all I do. And they're like, oh, you went to law school, and now you tippy, tipped and TikTok. And I'm like, well, no, like, there's other stuff, too, I promise. Well, before we even started this podcast, I didn't know what an alpha or a beta reader was or, like, or what an arc was and like authors were like oh do you want our arc and I was like I don't know what that is I'm sorry yeah we had <laughs> Betty and I had to ask Ola we were like Ola arc what's an arc <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, learned a lot about thing. like tropes and arcs and like alpha readers and beta readers and like you're saying how much work goes into it and we were like yeah we'll just do this podcast no stress and the first five weeks we like didn't sleep we were like why the fuck are we doing this like (laughs) so much work goes behind just like the one hour of recording so I can just imagine how much work goes behind writing a full freaking book for three months like insane (laughs) insanity insanity I don't know how you do it praise But that finished product is like, that's your whole heart, you know, like you put that out there, you accomplished it, like you kicked ass. And like the, what I heard something, I think Brandon Sanderson said it, and I'm sure other people have said it before him, but um, he's a fantasy author that he, I listened to one of his podcasts about writing and he's just, he's amazing. But um, he said, hunger makes the food taste better. And so, like, all this work that you do in the background and stuff, that makes all the good parts just so much better, you know, like, and wanting it and working hard for it. And, like, yeah, that, like, you know, copyright, filling out the copyright thing sucks. Reading people hate your book on reviews suck. And, like, doing all sorts of other things suck. But, you know, being, writing that book, getting the DMs about people who are like, yeah, I have that toy disorder. I've never read that before. And I'm like, ah! my emotions and so like that's all worth it you know and I got I know you guys know that too because like 
y'all are working your ass off for this podcast and then you have it you know you've like published it and you're like I did that that's so cool yeah it is really good it's really strange as well like just seeing different people's reactions to just even like little things that we've said that we didn't think were important at all and then some people be like oh my god that was like my favorite part or like oh my god it's like like we've had really good responses from people just saying like oh it's like I'm just chatting with my friends and that's like oh that's like amazing you know what I mean like that it just feels like this is a really like relaxing sort of thing for us to do that is amazing so, and it does feel like that. Like sitting here, it feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good. We just want to ask you, um, what sort of advice do you have for young authors who are trying to start writing? Um, so what I say for people, like, I feel like it's different advice for different stages. And people who are just saying like, oh, I just started writing and I want to publish those that's a very long path you've got there going for you which is amazing but it but that's probably the first piece of advice I have is like know that this is a long path um it's a crazy awesome ride but it is it it's hard and and that's okay that it's hard because hopefully you make it a job if that's your goal um and jobs aren't always fun and we're just lucky enough that we get to have the one that is fun almost all the time but um, I would say listen to podcasts, read the hell out of the genre you want to write in, and read craft books. And then once you finish writing it, read all the marketing stuff you can. Listen to all the marketing stuff you can. Watch people on TikTok. Watch people on Instagram. Always be on the lookout for the next big thing because TikTok was the next big thing. Um, and TikTok will not always be the next big thing. Um, and so I would say to like for the different stages, just know and be okay with the fact that you're going to work your ass off. You're not going to like everything about it, but the things you do like, you're going to fucking love. And so like, that's the kind of advice that probably would give. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Greer, for coming and speaking to us. It's been so lovely to meet you and chat about everything book related. Oh yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I was just so excited whenever I got the email or the message and I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Cause like, I don't know. I'm, I'm more, mostly, I'm just like in my cave most of the time. And then people come and talk to me. I'm like, Oh wow, this is great. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for y'all's journey too. Oh, thank thank you you so much. Thank you. So the next book that we're talking about next week is The Fine Print, which is the Dreamland Billionaire series, and it's by Lauren Asher. Also terms and conditions. Yeah, so it's the Dreamland Billionaires series together. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And once again, thank you, Greer. It was awesome to meet you and you're so lovely and you've got a heart of gold (laughs) that's so kind also I've heard great things about Lauren Asher I haven't read her books but I've heard phenomenal things so like y'all are exciting (laughs) (laughs) thank you everybody and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll see you next Tuesday Bye. Bye. bye bye thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn 
Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team. Thank you.